Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Pastor Roby, and we are here with the one and the only Pastor Muchio Ukegbu from the brook. You're and funny. we we love having Muchi so much. We even we updated our sign right here. <laughs> For Moochie. That's I don't know if you can read it. There. It says, Welcome Pastor Moochie with a smiley face. And it says, Hashtag the Brook Miami. <laughs> Incredible church. Uh, we love the Brook. We love Moochie. We love Diamond. In fact, we like Moochie's wife, Diamond, better than Moochie. But um, today we're, we just have Moochie. Um, anyway. Y'all should have her. Like, we need to do that. Yeah. We need to do that. Anyway, here's what we're talking about. We are going to be uh, kicking off a short series, two parts. And we're talking about two things that are sometimes separated. Sometimes they're in two different discussions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they really come from the same place. And in January, we as a nation pause and reflect on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And also um, in the middle of January, sometimes it's like even the same weekend, there are churches that pause and think about the sanctity of what they call sanctity of human life, yeah. where they talk about protecting the unborn or preborn, talk about um, babies that um, and and the risk that they are with some of our certain laws right now. So sometimes those two conversations are separated, but we're going to talk about those things because they're actually both linked and coming from the same source. That's good. Give me your thoughts on that, Moochie. Before we jump in, specifically, we're going to talk about MLK yeah, yeah. Jr., but before we do that, maybe just your thoughts on how those two issues come from the same place. Yeah, not first of all, you articulated it well, so I'm well, just going you. to parrot you. That's why we have Moochie on, because he tells me <laughs> how good I said it. Okay. No, you are, you are who you are. You're a beast. Um, no, I, I think it's a question on how we understand what it means to be human, And so understanding or having a clear, articulate baseline for our humanity and the dignity that comes with that and then rights associated with that, experiences associated with that shows up in all sorts of issues and questions of justice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they come from the same source because the scriptures give us clear framing for what it means to be human and how that humanity should be protected um, and how flourishing should be pursued in view of it that people would experience the God who made them and experience life in a way that's meaningful and true Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I I think that's well put I think um, if we are um, passionate about the things that God's passionate about all through the Old Testament we're passionate about justice so if we're passionate about justice we're passionate for justice for individuals who have not been born and we're passionate about justice for individuals who have been born these and are facts so, yeah so I think those stem from the same place as you put but we're gonna focus in this episode on just a reflection uh, as we're walking into um, or have experienced Martin Luther King jr. MLK Day, and just kind of reflecting on that, reflecting on the heritage of that, and so mm-hmm. would love mm-hmm. to just hear your thoughts, Muchi. Um, what are what's on your mind as we think about as believers, as Christians, as people who love the Bible, follow Jesus? What are you thinking about as you walk through this weekend of reflection? Yeah, that's good. Um, obviously, lightning rod figure, mm-hmm. um, polarizing, and for many people somebody who is praiseworthy, mm-hmm. whose life is praiseworthy. Um, I would fall into that camp, yep. <laughs> obviously. Uh, that I, I think that so much of his story is enriching and a model um, 
for what it looks like to have faithful Christian witness. Mm -hmm. Some of his story, not so much. Um, But as a model, I just think he's an exemplar. And so as I'm just reflecting, I I do feel like he, or at least what has happened to him, tends to happen to, I think, uh, Christians, where we look at them through social lenses, not spiritual Mm -hmm. eyes, right? And so particularly with MLK Jr., I feel like we talk about him through a lens of social reform, not spiritual renewal. Hmm. And so the the activity that he did, oh, this is, he's a social reformer. And it's like, yes, but that's not all there is to him, nor hmm. was it the source of um, his, his activity at all. And h- historically, he's part of, I think, of a tradition of people who they do thoughtful social analysis through spiritual eyes. Mm. Um, and then they seek solutions that are faithful um, to the gospel. Mm. And so I think um, Bartolome de la Casas and um, the defender of the Indians for better Indies, um, predating um, MLK um, Jr. by some, what, 400 plus years. Mm. And so it's just, and then Jesus, <laughs> it's just kind of, par for the course to be a faithful prophetic witness to the world around us is to analyze through spiritual eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there you end up with an identity of an advocate. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so I just been reflecting on that is like, I just don't want to be in the space where I'm primarily examining him or pigeonholing him to social reform and not spiritual renewal. I think that's really good. I love how you how you put put that. I think sometimes we just think of what he did. Here's what I'm hearing you say. Sometimes we look at just what he did socially, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that was coming from a source of the yeah. issues he was addressing had at their source spiritual issues. I mean, he was a he's, he's a preacher uh, at literally literally a preacher. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, and he was a preacher's kid. I think he was a PK, and so These are facts. And so he was coming from a place of upholding spiritual truths, spiritual renewal, calling his nation to to spiritual renewal, um, and how that plays out socially. And there's a there are two dangers where we just look at social renewal as mm-hmm. it as if it's not a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we look at spiritual things as if they don't have social implications. These are facts. And so looking at MLK is an incredible model to us of someone who, uh, the, uh, if the, the the source in the mouth of the river is something spiritual, down the road you have, um, as that's flowing down and that spiritual renewal is happening, you have social change and systemic change. And so um, he, he's someone who, who, modeled, who modeled that. And like you said, walking out of a... Um, a tradition of not only others, but ultimately Christ. You know, we see Christ as just a spiritual leader, but we don't see where he had moments of social advocacy and doing um, just strong works of modeling how the spiritual flows into the social. Thousand percent, my brother. Like, so yeah, the, the foundation and fabric of Martin Luther King Jr.'s life was the gospel mm. of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and the life of Jesus was the model. Um, and again, it's his, it's his story, Martin Luther, it's his story. Mm-hmm. And it showed out uh, or showed up in, in the things that he, he did. But going back to the fact that the, so- the source is Jesus, 
like I, I just love Jesus's framework, it seems, for an engagement um, with social issues. So you go to render onto Caesar with Caesar's right. and you see a reluctance to be dragged into cultural controversy or cultural conversation um, in a way where he has to compromise the mm. truth of his identity or mission. Mm -hmm. So he's just not, he's not doing that, but he's not withdrawing. He's mm -hmm. just not being hijacked or co-opted by the opposing forces. Um, and so we see that, but then we also see like how he leans into the gospel's work of advocacy. So I, I think Luke 13 mm. immediately comes to mind. Like, so Luke 13. Yeah. Let's, um, let's, uh, let's walk through that. I I'll think that, that that's a, that's a great passage you were sharing with me earlier um, uh, about Luke 13, because I, I think you're right. Uh, before we do that, yes, what you just said was really profound. I mean, the way and, and so timely for us, I mean, we could probably do another episode just on this, but the way Jesus refused to be drawn into the the contemporary categories yes. of his day yes. and kept elevating, I'm not this and I'm not this, I'm part of something higher, a higher kingdom, but yet then spoke truth that critiqued the categories of his day. That is what um, uh, that's what we as believers have to have to we're, we're we're citizens of His kingdom, not even beyond before we're citizens of our own nation, and certainly before we're affiliated with our so, so with our own subcategories. Um, you know, it's like um, Tony Evans talks about we're we're kingdom people, yes, which means we're we're uh, light on the other. We might have other affiliations, but they're far less before we're kingdom people, and that's what he modeled. Brother, can I, can I say something on that? Yeah. Like, okay. So like there's that whole tension in the world, but not all the world trying yeah, to yeah. live in this world, the system, the ideas, all of that. And it feels like you could only live faithfully in it if you're living from above it. Like that if you have a higher citizenship that is driving you, mm -hmm. like you're, you're, you're clinging to this exalted identity and it's the lens through which you're not only seeing things but saying things and so what you're saying to me is it is unfortunately not talked about enough yeah um and i think as a result like we dilute um our voice and our visibility at a moment when it, it shouldn't be that it should be magnified yeah and turned up all the more yeah but, yeah man you're beast well roby is that guy well, you are him, him. Well, let's look at the guy Jesus who's is him, but you know, yeah, who is him? His name is Jesus yeah. Mucci. I'd like to introduce you to him if you didn't. I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> All right. I am a Christian. Luke 13, follower right. of the way. Let's do. Let's talk Luke 13. Um, let me see if let me. I, I don't know that we have space to read the whole yeah. thing. I really want to encourage you to go back. It's specifically the part where Jesus heals a woman with a disabling spirit mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. all the I mean, it is Luke 10, uh, 13, 10 through 17. And here's the, I'm going to just kind of give an overview, but then you tell me if I'm missing any details. Get busy. He, Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and there's a woman who's had a disabling spirit for 18 years. I mean, imagine struggling with anything for 18 years that is disabling. So uh, depression for 18 years, or chronic pain for 18 years, or anxiety for 18 years. I mean, that is a good chunk of one's life. Um, and that's she's been struggling for 18 years specifically this spirit 
has caused her to be bent over. So I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever seen someone with such severe back issues that they're li literally like walking at a right angle. I mean, she is um, staring at the, I've seen this before. Um, she's staring at the ground. Uh, she cannot, so she can't straighten herself up. I don't, when I've seen someone like that, I, not knowing them, I mean, my heart just breaks for them. And imagine this is gonna be a small community. I think this is in Galilee. I'm not exactly sure um, which, which uh, place, specifically city. I'm pretty sure this is in Galilee. But anyway, um, small town, synagogue, probably they all know each other. They know this woman and they've seen her for almost two decades bent over. And what Luke is saying is at the core is a spiritual issue. A thousand percent. And so Jesus steps in and he says, I free you from your disability. He sets her free and, the re and he, he touches her and immediately she's made straight and she starts glorifying God. Now, what better thing to happen at church <laughs> on the Sabbath than a woman being healed for 18 years, giving praise to God. That sounds like something you should do. But the, the, um, the leader of the synagogue, the ruler of the synagogue is indignant because Jesus has healed her on the Sabbath. He's done a work. Now, by the way, the work he did was, I free you. You know, that was not super like exhausting, but he is indignant and he says, couldn't you just come back on any other day? Just wait till tomorrow. One more day. What's that going to hurt? And uh, Jesus has some words for him and the other grumblers and even those who were kind of silent watching her. So exposit it for us, Pastor Mucci. I'm not going to do that because you, you killed it. Yeah, no, I yeah, love like, you. No, no, it was yeah. the expository. No, so like I, one of the reasons I, I love this is because it elevates advocacy and in doing so, it, it creates a more excellent picture, I think, of justice. So we think of justice often through the lens of restitution and not additionally through the lens of renewal where you're bringing mm. care, healing, and good. Mm. Um, and, and here in the freeing, that's what he's doing. There's a, there's a move towards renewal it's an expression of the kingdom, which is a reminder that the kingdom is just. So, so I love this because it's this, this framework of an advocate who is producing justice, but not by restitution as much as through the furthering of renewal, good, beauty, care, healing, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so, yeah, so that's just, yeah, I just, awesome, don't want to preach. So, but here, what's fascinating is the nature of time, like mm -hmm. time is emphasized here. Mm -hmm. um, the 18, the 18 plus one, come back tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. And and this is why it also makes me think of MLK because if you, you know, letters from a, a Birmingham jail, there's always that tension within justice, whether it is restitution or renewal, when is the right time? Like, you know, right. and it's often um, said to delay. Um, but here we see Jesus moving um, very emphatically towards doing good. It's always the right time to do good. Um, and we see that from Jesus. But I think there's some points of prayer in terms of like, what what should we consider? What should we pray about that would allow us to be better advocates? Yeah. That's reflected here from Jesus's actions. And also, again, because we are talking about MLK, I think MLK demonstrated this. Yeah. Um, and so just briefly, like I look at verse um, 11 and um, it says, and behold, there was a woman, you know, disabled spirit, 18 years, she was bent over and could not um, fully straighten herself. Mm -hmm. And she was there for 18 years and everybody saw it. Yeah. 
And I just think that one thing that we could pray about is that we would be kept from being numb to evil, mm-hmm. um, being numb to pain, um, being numb to difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's in the numbness uh, that we almost grow in apathy and then we end up withholding justice. And so just all the people around, they were so, well, this is just how it's supposed to be, uh, that they didn't even move towards any sense of glory till the end. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's, that's helpful. Um, so just like praying that God would keep us from being numb. Um, yeah. but then also here, like verse 14 and 17, the combination of those two things, you, you brought it out. Mm-hmm. So like, but to the ruler of the synagogue indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath said to the people, there are six days in which you ought to do work. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day, the whole 18 plus one, come back tomorrow. Um, Jesus obviously rebukes him and then challenges him. And then at the end of the challenge, you get verse 17, it says, as he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. And so where it says at the end, all his adversaries were put to shame, the one that's identified most readily is the one that's actually vocal. Mm -hmm. But just because this person was vocal doesn't mean that he was alone. He was just giving voice to what other people felt, which is the whole silence piece. And so for me, the other prayer is that we, we would be kept for inadvertently or intentionally giving cover to evil. And so for for him, the ruler of the synagogue, mm. it was very intentional. Um, he gave cover to evil by saying, come back tomorrow. Um, but for the others, it yeah. feels like it was a little bit more inadvertent through their silence. By not saying anything, by their silent agreement, they were actually still giving cover to this evil thing, which was come back tomorrow and be healed. What God just did was a problem. And so I feel like that's another prayer, not just keep us from being numb, but keep us from being or keep us from inadvertently or intentionally giving cover to evil. And then the last thing is just like the reality of what Jesus did. Um, He was different. (laughs) His actions were demonstratively different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just feel like that's advocacy. There's this audacious difference in our actions, both in what's happening inside of us, Mm -hmm. what's causing us to act, and what's here, like it's not stated explicitly, but we don't read the scriptures isolated, yeah. right? We read them in context. And so we see Jesus constantly being moved by compassion to do work that is good, advocacy. And so there's this audacious sense of difference coming from within, mm-hmm. but then his action is different as well. Women be freed, mm. you're healed. Um, and I just think that matters when I think about just justice and advocacy is like, you're not numb, you're not giving cover to evil, you're feeling something and then you're doing something that is demonstratively different, but absolutely necessary. And this is, a, this is, this is the life of Jesus. This, mm-hmm. is, this is who he is, this is the standard he sets. And, and I just feel like when we look at MLK, this is what he did, he mm-hmm. wasn't numb. He wasn't numb to the plight of the Negro, mm-hmm. which wasn't just the plight of the Negro, but was the plight of all people. Like that, this one group within a society is suffering. The society itself is suffering. That matters. So he, he, was, he wasn't numb to it and he didn't give cover to it while other people would give cover mm-hmm. through their silence and not just their silence, they would give cover through what they said that was super mm-hmm. unhelpful and harmful. He, he spoke mm. and his actions were demonstratively different. He, he didn't have 
an aggressive, violent mm. move to justice. It was rooted in the scriptures and, and Jesus. Mm -hmm. So it was assertive, not aggressive, which matters because even if people are like, well, I'm not numb, I'm not gonna give cover to evil, but I've, I've, I've watched people be hyper aggressive. And it's like, well, well, actually you're not doing something that's just demonstratively different mm -hmm. um, and more excellent the way Jesus did. And so, yeah, so I'm rambling because I really like, I love this text, but then I, I love our Lord. And man, I actually really love MLK Jr. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah. he, he is responsible for changing a nation. Mm -hmm. God through him, obviously. Um, but we're benefit, we're sitting across this table right now. Mm -hmm because somebody wasn't numb yeah yep i think you're right and i think um I, I love how you walk through these categories you know the villain you initially see to your point is the ruler of the synagogue is he's the guy who's speaking against what jesus did in trying to free this woman mm -hmm. but it's interesting there is the second category i'm glad you drew this out because jesus in response to the ruler who's talking to everyone else jesus says you hypocrites Plural. 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 It's plural. Yeah. And then it says his adversaries, plural. plural. So there's, so it's not just the, the people who are standing against the freeing of this woman, people who are standing against the spiritual renewal, which has physical implications for this woman, are people that are both overtly outspoken and then silent. Two different, two different adversaries to, to Jesus, Jesus and Jesus' work of justice. And Jesus speaks out against both. And what Jesus did is he had empathy and compassion and love for this woman. And so I like how you're, how you're um, categorizing and describing advocacy. On one hand, what is advocacy? It's doing something yes. and not staying silent because silence can be um, covering evil. But secondarily, he's stepping in. He's saying something he knows is going to get pushback and it's going to, he, he knows it's not going to be popular. He knows he's, he, it's going to start a fight, but he's, he has the courage to do that and he has empathy. And one of the historical markers to what you said, and you can see this in uh, letters to a Birmingham uh, from a Birmingham jail is one of the signs of a lack of empathy is to say one more day, one more Day. And just like MLK says, as he says, um, I he keep hearing it say, wait, wait, wait. And to have true empathy for this woman is to say, every day of her life is an agony. Come on. And I'm not going to wait one more day. Come it's on. happening now. And I think the fact he's doing it on the Sabbath is acting now is a work of God. Yes. Because he, that, that's, what, that's what should be done on the Sabbath, right? Most of Jesus's miracles happened on the Sabbath or around a meal table, mm -hmm. and that matters. And in the Sabbath, this he's reframing how we understand work. Mm -hmm. He's reframing how we understand worship. He's reframing how we understand God himself, man. And mm -hmm. so like, the implications of this text are are huge, brother. Like, and I, and I, I just love how you're bringing that home. Can I, can I just- Yeah, hit me. If I was to summarize advocacy in the life of Jesus, and in the life of his followers, MLK being an exemplar of that, mm -hmm. MLK Jr., it's voice and visibility to the vulnerable for their good mm. that flows out of a heart of compassion. Wow. Like that to me is like the synthesis of 
advocacy, voice and visibility for the vulnerable mm. or to the vulnerable for their good flowing out of a heart of compassion. Yeah. Jesus had it, MLK had it, this is our heritage. Mm -hmm. And it's these moments, these opportunities where we get to reflect on that, that this isn't um, aberrant. This isn't social in nature. Right. <laughs> this is the heritage of the people of God. Yeah. It's a rich one. It's it's our heritage as Christians, yeah, as Christians. Uh, really well put um, because uh, voice and visibility can come from a place of self-righteousness. Sure can. But it needs to come from a place of compassion. So here, here's a takeaway. Um, challenge for you and for us to reflect. I like your challenge, Moochie, to pray. Pray about those three categories. Um, am I an adversary either by speaking against mm. or from silence mm. and asking and praying through that? Or what are ways I can be a visible voice and, and how can I stir up compassion? Um, and how can I have the heart of God? Maybe a, a, good, a, a good action step. Um, read letters from a Birmingham jail. Beautiful work of, of MLK Jr. Uh, also, to, uh, um, to understand the heart of God towards justice, uh, maybe take a read of Amos 5 and, mm -hmm. um, and take, a, take a moment to reflect on that. Well, we're going to hit, we're going to wrap up this episode, but in the next episode, we're going to talk about another implication of the value of life and justice and talk about um, the, the unborn. And so we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Hope you join us on that. But in the meantime, hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.